Hello and welcome to this latest update on the COP26 meetings in Glasgow with me, Ian Welsh. Events began to gather pace on Thursday as the proposed Friday 6pm deadline began to rapidly approach. Few expect that negotiations will be done and dusted by then. At many COP meetings in the past, the talks have continued long into the weekend before an agreement is reached. The process has to be agreed unanimously, of course, so every country's representative has an effective veto. Mid-morning on Thursday, COP President Alok Sharma outlined the areas where most progress still had at that stage to be made. A big one was Article 6 of the Paris Agreement on Carbon Markets and the detail of how they will work. This is linked to the overall issue of climate finance and the $100 billion promised to the developing world from the developed world. Another major sticking point is the speed and depth of cuts in carbon emissions that nations will commit to, with a focus on 2030 rather than 2050 targets. Nothing much seemed to have changed by Sharma's mid-afternoon press conference. On finance, he said that negotiations really needed to accelerate and, quote, to accelerate now. He described the remaining monumental challenge, but that there was no choice but to rise to that challenge. His remarks were echoed by UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres, who described the progress as far from enough, urging negotiators not to settle for a lowest common denominator approach. On Cities Day at COP, the C40 Cities Group, which is chaired by London's Mayor Sadiq Khan, announced a $1 billion finance package for zero-emission buses in Latin America. Khan was critical of national governments who had, he said, failed to make the agreements necessary to keep a 1.5 Celsius pathway alive. He said that cities such as London and Glasgow had acted with the urgency required, making net zero by 2030 commitments, and he accused national leaders of kicking the can down the road once again. One of the bigger announcements of the day was news of new members for the Beyond Oil and Gas Alliance. Set up by Denmark and Costa Rica in September, the group pledges to halt oil drilling permits and to ban oil and gas production in their territories. Joining the two nations are France, Ireland, Sweden, Greenland, Wales and the Canadian province of Quebec. None of the members have substantial production and the absence of any of the major oil and gas producing nations, including the UK hosts, was highlighted. It looks like COP26 will be the most polluting climate summit so far, according to a UK government-sponsored report. Carbon emissions are expected to be double those from COP25 in Madrid in 2019. 60% of the 102,500 tonnes of carbon expected have arisen from international flights. The number of private jets used by world leaders at the start of the conference last week was a subject of some criticism. The COP26 meeting is among the largest ever, with 40,000 registered participants, compared to 27,000 attending COP25. I was delighted to go back to my old school in Glasgow earlier this week. I was invited to speak with two members of the High School of Glasgow's eco-group, Molly Jensen and Rachel Howey, who are both members of the fifth year, which is the penultimate year at school in Scotland. We talked about their impressions of having COP in their home city and how hosting the meetings has impacted awareness of climate change issues for them and their friends. Molly, why don't you tell me what you've been doing to mark the COP26 meetings in Glasgow? So as members of our equal group, we've recently organised an assembly to help promote awareness of COP26 within our school. And we found this really beneficial to both of us because we were able to kind of look at what the aims of COP are more in depth and also how we can see the relevant ones that pupils will be interested in. Rachel, anything you want to add to that? We also attended an event at Nando's and I found it very beneficial to find out what big corporate companies are doing to 
decrease their impacts on the environment and I also found we watched this big assembly which was on eco and climate change and I found that I find lots of information about like what our options are to decrease our carbon emissions. Were there any things that you were particularly impressed by that you saw companies doing? I found that there was quite a few interesting things. Nando's had a bag and what it was is that they were giving it to developing countries and what it would do is instead of using any power or electricity to heat things up, it was kind of using technology similar to hand warmers and what it would do is that you can make stews and things for families and rather than using like electricity and fire and coal and things, instead it wouldn't use any of those, which meant it was decreasing the carbon footprint. The meetings are here in Glasgow, in your city. Has the fact that they are here, the COP26 meetings, has that increased you and your friends' awareness about climate change, do you think, Molly? I definitely say it's increased our awareness of climate change, but not only that, because everyone in my generation, our generation, knows that climate change is the most pressing threat to our lives, our future. And that's why I think COP26 has shown us the impact of 1.5 degrees Celsius and why this is such a crucial target to meet. Because what we were both quite shocked to find when organising the assembly is that the UK's current Climate Change Act is set for 2 degrees Celsius. And when you look at the differences between 1.5 and 2 degrees, you see that there's 170% more floods. And this is obviously disproportionately affecting developing countries. And that's why I think it's so important that governments take this really seriously to make sure that we're not widening inequality. Absolutely. And it's not just going to affect developing countries. Uh, large parts of Scotland will be significantly impacted by uh, increased flooding, not least central Glasgow. So Rachel, what do you think? Have your friends been more aware about climate change now? Do you talk about it in school and when you're out of school? Yes, I think I've talked about it more than I've ever talked about it. I think as well because it's in Glasgow, it's encouraged people to do more research and find out what is actually going on, what can we do to help and what initiatives are available and how can we help to improve the environment for ourselves and for the future generations. What do you want world leaders to do about climate change, Molly? I think this is definitely the big question because it's all fine and well for these world leaders to be talking about initiatives we want to take, but actually delivering on them is what's going to make an impact and often where the most challenges come. So I think I want to see world leaders being more conscious of their own efforts with climate. So it's all fine and well to say, oh, a country should be able to do this and that. We should be meeting these targets on economics, on individuals, on consumers, on firms. But government leaders themselves need to be leading by example because it's through that people listen, people realise what differences they can make. So for example, if you were living in Glasgow last week, you would have noticed the millions of cars, helicopters, private jets coming in. That's not really leading by example in a world where we need to be cutting down on flights and international travel because that obviously is having an adverse effect on climate change. To be fair, I don't really trust world leaders in a way because at the end of the day, they have their jobs because we want to maintain the status quo. They want to increase environmental prosperity. That's their main aim. They want economics, government, economic growth over anything else. And with the climate, we need to accept that it might not be the best thing for the economic climate. But we need to be making these changes because otherwise there will be no economies. There will be mass effects in the future. You're right. I think it's um, important to stress that whilst there may be an economic impact right now, the economic impact of doing nothing is significantly greater. And that's what the point needs to be got across. Rachel, what about you? Do you trust politicians to do what's right? I think that with politicians and world leaders, sometimes I find that there's a certain degree of education required. Maybe they could maybe 
have people that could inform them of what the latest impacts are and maybe things like using private jets they would have been more informed on whether to use them or not and whether it was beneficial i think that there's many things that we the government leaders could be doing like encouraging big companies to do more recycling like for example iron brew used to do you could take your glass bottle back and you would receive a discount off your money and countries abroad are using things like this in initiatives and they're small and simple things but that you wouldn't really think of you think oh well it's only going to recycle it's not a big deal but actually it would make the greater impact for everybody it could be easily fixed and i think government leaders have a responsibility to maybe help and do that and so i think that government leaders have the skills required and so it's whether they act upon this or not I'm glad you think that government leaders have the skills required. I'm not so sure they do. When you think about your own choices, Molly, for example, buying things in shops, how much do you take environmental impact into account? Well, I think there's two sides to this coin for me. So personally, I'm pescatarian. I don't eat meat other than fish, and I only really eat fish for the protein as opposed to because I agree with the fact that fish farming is not a sustainable market. However, when I'm in the shop as a consumer, you don't see what the impact of the things you're buying is on the environment. You don't see the carbon footprint of that food you're buying at the point of purchase. And I think that's a crucial element because at the end of the day, consumers would most likely be more conscious of what we're buying and less likely to buy stuff that comes from places abroad and involves a massive carbon footprint. Would you like to see carbon labeling on, on items in the shops then? Yes, I know this has been discussed at COP26 this week and Definitely, it'd be a great thing because it really kind of just hits home. It makes it a lot more obvious to consumers that it's a problem and we need to be considering it when buying food. So Rachel, what about you? What would help you make the choices that you want to make when you're in the shop? I think the labelling with the amount of carbon emissions would be really good because if you think about it, people didn't think about what was the contents in their foods before the traffic light system came in, whereas now we're like, oh, has it got a red in it? Has it got an orange? And I think that would be a great system to have in place because it means that people don't need a huge level of knowledge to understand whether it's beneficial or not, meaning that it's very accessible for anybody to have a look at and to improve everybody to be involved. Let's think a bit about how your opinions are different from other generations. Uh, as I said, you're both still at school, you're in fifth year here at the High School of Glasgow. So how do you think that your opinions on environmental issues are different from your parents' generation, which is my generation, and your grandparents' generation, Molly? Well, to be honest, I think we are really different because our grandparents' generations, our parents' generations, haven't really had to deal with this. We had to deal with other stuff like minor strikes that were promoting coal and sources of energy that are unsustainable however my generation is now looking at it where we're at this point of crisis it's no longer climate change it's a climate emergency and that's why my generation is taking it really seriously and also why i think it's important we have role models like greta thunberg and other climate activists such as lauren mcdonald who is a bit more close to this school because these are people who are showing how we should be running our societies how we should be making changes and when we lead by example um individuals will follow Rachel, same to you. How do you think that your opinions are different from your parents' and grandparents' generations? I think everything changes all the time. I think knowledge is gathered and information is key. I think that in previous generations, think things like having milk people who would come around and reuse the glass bottles, they were probably beneficial, and so it's hard to tell. But then also you have coal mining and things that happened in previous generations, so it's hard to tell. And I think that it's... I think that 
older generations led by good examples in certain degrees and others maybe not so much and so I think that if we can maybe find information from what previous generations have done and what has been helpful and negative then we can maybe find better views on how to improve today and I think that's maybe my viewpoint whereas other generations would maybe have a slightly different degree of interest. Speaking to somebody from an older generation I've been very excited by how much in my time in Scotland over the past few days, how engaged young generation have been in COP26 and environmental issues. So long may that continue. But for now, Molly Jensen and Rachel Howey from the High School of Glasgow, thank you very much indeed. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And my thanks to Georgia Gardner, member of staff at the High School of Glasgow for setting the conversation up, and to school rector John O'Neill and all his team. Today, Friday, is due to be the last day of COP, when the negotiators actually have an agreement hammered out is anyone's guess. But I will be back next week to chew it all over with climate journalist Mike Scott, who was my first guest on COP Watch last week. But until then, goodbye.